Well, hello, hello. It is Wednesday, February the 3rd of 2016. My name is Nolan Kaler. And I'm Daniel Friesen. You are listening to Wittenberg Radio, CMU's student podcast. As always, catch your past episodes on wittenbergradio.com. Also, subscribe on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice. Email us your comments, questions, concerns, etc. at wittenbergradio at gmail.com. Twitter's the place to find out when our newest episode is released. That's at Wittenberg Radio. Facebook page as well is Wittenberg Radio as well. I'm not going to ask you any questions about graduating today. Okay. No. Really? Because I had a lot to say. But uh, you did you? Ask. Did you really? No, I don't. No. Just, okay. Just teasing. I'm giving you an opportunity. But uh, the opportunity's you, there. You just had a birthday, is my understanding. Yes, that is a truth fact. I did turn 22 over the weekend. And you're gonna be all right. I'll be. I'll be okay. It's just another year that I'm dragging my tired, cold carcass to a dark grave. <laughs> it's really taking a turn for the existential here. <laughs> right. In your, yeah. Your advanced I'm, age. I'm, I'm drawn to this uh, corner gas thing where Oscar's like talking. You know, one day it dawns on you that you're starting to get old. Then it dawns on you you are old. Then it dawns on you that every step you're taking is just another step you're dragging your tired carcass to a cold grave. And then one day, stuff stops dawning on you because you died. <laughs> true say, true say. True say. Thank you to uh, Eric Peterson of Cornegas for bringing me that insight. So we've got a cool show coming up for you today. Julia Sizzler will be our guest a little later on in the show. She is running to be the MLA for the RM of Morris in the upcoming what? provincial election. I know. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow, lots of people, lots of people I know are going to be running at this. Who else election. do you know? Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, I won't say his name because I don't, he hasn't officially decided to run yet, but a friend of mine uh, will be uh, run, potentially running for the Green Party in the riding literally across the street from me. Wow. Because apparently my, I didn't know this, but apparently my street is the dividing line between St. James' Samboya and whatever the one next to it is Winnipeg Center oh I don't know what it is anyways but uh yeah my my friend might be running the Green Party there so neat and then um oh, whose sister is it so oh uh Graham Lever's sister oh sure also is running for the Liberals in I don't remember what riding I think St. Boniface okay anyways neat lots of connections to uh this uh, to in this institution through two points of separation <laughs> kudos, or immediate kudos to cmu for putting kids out that are into politics and we'll get a slight insight into that uh in just a little bit from ms sizzler who's in her final year of a communications and media degree here at cmu but first we're going to do a reflection on an article. We haven't done one of these in a while. Uh, it was back in September. We talked. Uh, we did a couple of things. We talked about Clara Hughes way back in the day. Remember that? I do. Yeah. yeah. We also talked about uh, the how a Christian author wasn't voting conservative based on his faith. Right. That was another one. Uh, today, Daniel, I want to talk to you about Gian Gameshi. Oh, yeah. I was... I was peripherally keeping up on that yesterday but uh yeah you can uh, go ahead and set, set this up however you want i'll set it up gian gameshi for those of you who don't know used to be the host of cbc radio's q one of the more active media uh personalities in this country for sure certainly a very popular radio host who was then fired over allegations of sexual abuse uh specifically punching and choking women uh but he maintains that all of these acts were consensual and so they are now in the process of determining 
whether that is actually the case. The trial for Mr. Gameshi started yesterday in Toronto, and uh, through pretty graphic details, which we're not going to go into here because it's a little unsettling for me to even just read them a little and say them on the air, uh, they're trying to determine whether he, these things were consensual. What, what were your impressions of the of the trial going in first of all actually before we do that we should preface that we are two white guys talking about like issues of of consent which maybe we are not the most uh well i would i as i said i was kind of be uh keeping peripherally aware of it so i was i was uh perusing the hashtag gomeshi on twitter mm-hmm. um and then also read uh i believe a cbc article about it um the general vibe seems pretty cynical uh or and rightfully so um, where lots of people were saying that or predicting that this trial would not result in a conviction given that um, 80% of women, I believe women, not just not everyone, but 80% of women who are sexually assaulted do not report these instances. And then of those 20% that do report, only one in 10 uh, people are actually convicted. Uh, so people were saying that despite this being a high-profile case, that they were assuming that this would not uh, lead to a conviction, which, you know, um, is uh, really unfortunate that that's prob- <laughs> potentially a realistic thing or a probable thing that might happen. But, um, yeah, uh, I really don't... <laughs> I don't- that's pretty much all I have to say. <laughs> okay. I was going to ask you also about the defense and your impressions of uh, Gameshi's defense lawyer. Her name is Marie Hennen. Uh, it sounds like she's pretty sharky. She, uh, Yeah, that would be an understatement. Uh, repeat, they had eyewitness testimony right off the hop. Not eyewitness, like a victim testified at this trial, and they can't name her because of a publication ban. And uh, But she was testifying, and under cross-examination, they poked a the defense lawyer poked a lot of holes into her story and into her recollection of the events. Um, and it was just really, really troubling to read, especially considering this took, uh, this took place 14 years ago. Well, it seems pretty, the, the tactic she was using seems pretty like classic invalidation of people who, um, say they've been sexually assaulted saying like, um, you know, why didn't you report this earlier if it was actually, you know, if you were being abused and mm-hmm. things like that? Uh, obviously, garbage, <laughs> uh, garbage uh, uh, accusations against uh, or garbage reasons for these people to the victims to be uh, victimized, you know. Yeah, that was a poor, poorly said sentence. But yes, I'm trying to choose my words very carefully. Right, <laughs> we are we are trying to be decently careful here. So, uh, so you don't anticipate a conviction for Giangameshi? I don't know what to think. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in the justice system, to be honest. Um, but I think I I don't know what's more important, uh, whether uh, his he receives an actual legal conviction in court, but I think um, he's had his uh, his day in court already in the court of public opinion, and I think his his career is pretty much done. Um, or like I don't see people were saying that uh, again fairly cynically that if he's found not guilty, 
that the CBC would hire him back and then we'd have to, you know, we, the taxpayers, would have to pay him a, uh, a compensation package if he sued Holy. the corporation. Uh, I really don't think that will happen, but, uh, you know, stranger things have happened. This is true, and he definitely has been tried in the courts of public opinion. We will definitely be keeping a close eye on this case as it develops, and as always, we welcome your feedback on this issue. Uh, but it's not really an issue. It's the, just a news story. But, uh, yeah, definitely anything surrounding the issue of, of consent as well. <clears throat> we welcome your feedback on this uh, email address, wittenbergradio at gmail.com. Tweet at us also, please, at wittenbergradio. And, uh, yeah, even on Facebook, you can join in the conversation there as well. All right, let's get to our chat with Julia Sizzler. It was not that long ago that we were talking about the federal election on this show, and now it is the province's turn to go to the polls. Provincial elections are set for April the 19th to vote for members of Manitoba's Legislative Assembly. There is lots of vitriol and anger surrounding this campaign as uh, the NDP fights to maintain power, but um, it's a very tight race between all three of the major parties in the province, between the Conservatives under the leadership of Brian Pallister and the Liberals as well are in factoring into this mix. Now, what does it take to make this election hit closer to home? Well, look no further than Julia Sizzler, a 22-year-old uh, student here at CMU in her final year of a communications and media uh, focus in a Bachelor of Arts program. She is running for the MLA, for the RM of Morris in southern Manitoba. She is challenging, challenging a conservative stronghold that has been in the hands of the progressive conservatives for the last 60 years. Uh, it is currently being held by the incumbent Shannon Martin. Julia Sizzler is running for the Manitoba Liberals and has worked for the Liberals in a number of capacities and even having posed with, for a selfie with Justin Trudeau, which has made page one of Google Images search for Justin Trudeau selfie. Julia Sizzler now joins us here in studio. Hello. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm just fine. How did this uh, Trudeau selfie come about? Trudeau selfie. Okay, so I was at a um, at a rally in the summer, and then I was me and my mom went super early to get front row seats, and then I was taking pictures of him, and so he walked by. He was like, hey, do you want a picture? And so my mom was like fumbling with my phone and, being, and trying to take a picture, and she couldn't quite figure it out because mom's on iPhones Classic right mom. right <laughs> uh, and so he grabbed the, the my phone from her and took a selfie with it and then I guess some journalist captured us taking this selfie and so there's like this super professional high-res picture on Google now and it's the coolest thing ever have you seen this Dan I have yeah well okay. it was her profile picture for a while right uh, and in it's, fact is in fact is now her cover photo on Facebook it is my cover again photo on Facebook yes I'm, yeah that is it's a beautiful picture. I'm obsessed with it. I don't blame you. Like you're both smiling super broadly, and like he and looks, my mom's in the background. But he, you don't know my mom, so you wouldn't know that that was her. That's true. He just looks uh, super in control. You also, I understand, have a uh, one of those dreamy Trudeau shirts that were floating around. I well. do think, thanks to my siblings, I do have a dreamy Trudeau shirt, and it is the best. As a result of working for the Liberal campaign, they bought you this shirt. Uh, it was a Christmas gift. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Tight. just had my name written all over it cool so your experience before running for the mla for the rm of morris now you worked for the campaign of jim carr uh jim carr is the uh sitting 
is now the member of parliament for Winnipeg South Centre, and he is also the Minister for Natural Resources in the new Trudeau cabinet. So this is all very much... Uh, these are all really cool things. What? How? First of all, how did you get involved uh, on that campaign project? Hmm. How did I get involved? Um. Well, Jim. I, Jim lives in my area, and he he's been a friend of some family members of mine. And then I guess I just ran into him in the summer, and then it was like, oh, we've got a bunch of young people on the campaign. Why don't you come out and join us for a bit? And I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. And then I went for a day and we did some door knocking and I just kind of fell in love with the whole process and the whole atmosphere. And yeah, that was the day I fell in love with politics. That's amazing. Um, what approaches did Jim Carr have in his campaign that uh, maybe, or like in his style of uh, politics that maybe you hope to take into, uh, into your campaign as it starts up? I think the best thing about Jim is that he always has time for people he will not hesitate to just sit down and have a conversation with you no matter who you are and he still does this as a cabinet minister he's like fully he's just so transparent he Hmm. hosts he hosted two two open house town hall meetings in one week which i i mean i hadn't seen that in my lifetime from a government official so i think that's the biggest thing about him is that he's just a super super open person he doesn't hide things from people he is always willing to have conversations and he's also able to admit when he's wrong he Hmm. he's just incredibly humble that way and always wanting to learn from people and that's yeah what's an example of uh, one of these maybe town hall meetings where he had a, a dialogue with someone where maybe he admitted he was wrong and he was just like willing to listen or was there any that you remember well there was one um i mean as you know, let's elephant in the room. Jim is in the middle of some pretty heated uh, pipeline debates because he is the minister of natural resources. So he's got some more conservative leaning people on one side of him who are saying we've got all these oil workers who are unemployed. And then we've got the other side where people are just super in defense of doing this in the best environmentally friendly way. And so I think that's the biggest dialogue going on right now. And it's been absolutely crazy to witness. But he did have some Kinder Morgan protesters show up to one of these town halls. Hmm. And it's not so much that he's going to go up there and say, you guys are right, I'm wrong. But he, when he knew that they were coming, he actually invited them in for a meeting before the town hall started so that they could talk one-on-one. And so that the rest of the event could run hmm. as planned rather than them just disturbing it and then he could listen to their point of view and he's done a lot of that listening to um oil employees as well as the other side which is all the protesters and it's been a really incredible thing to be a part of yeah for sure yeah so you work on the campaign yeah it's over uh you're still working for the liberals after the campaign is over how does hey julia want to be an mla run across your desk Hmm. well it came in the form of an email and it was like hey we are reaching out to people that we think are young and kind of dynamic and inspiring and we want you to fill in the seats where 
I guess we're struggling a bit to find other candidates. Hmm. So these are like the southern Manitoba seats, sure. a lot of the conservative strongholds. So yeah, they just reached out to a couple of us younger people with the party and said, you know what, this is a good opportunity for you to kind of learn the ropes early in life and you're going to learn a lot and then you'll go on to, I mean, you could win the seat or go on to other opportunities within the party. So there's other people like you, like there's other students um, or there's other like... There are two others, yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Is there precedent in previous elections for, for young people such as yourself running or is this kind of a new initiative? Um, there's always a couple new people. I think this is probably the most that they've ever had, I want to say. We've got maybe four of us under 25 hmm. or so. I mean, there was people like Cindy Lamaru who announced a lot earlier. Um, but we do have a good group of young people, a lot of under 30s for sure. Hmm. That's really, really neat. Yeah. Um, so the RM of Morris. Now you live Now you live in Winnipeg. Yeah. Correct. You are from Niverville. So... I you are like you are originally from no the I'm, area so you always be living in Winnipeg it's a big trick she's played I've, on everyone I, it is a big trick I've played a lot of people think I'm from Neverville I am from Winnipeg <laughs> <laughs> now you have to I just got that. I just and got this yeah I've, I've just been outed as a as a city kid thank oh, you Nolan that's well well no I am fully I am fully open about being from Winnipeg my Niverville connections are fairly deep-rooted, though. My first best friend at CMU was from Niverville, so she kind of got me in the community. And then um, I just made a lot of friends out there. And I started spending a lot of my time out there. And then I met my boyfriend out there. And so now I spend, you know, half my time out there. And it just became a community that was very, very dear to my heart. And so that's what made me want to run there rather than hmm. in the city community, I guess. Sure. Uh, what strikes you most about uh, Nipperville and maybe by extension the arm of Morris that makes you want to run there? There are a few towns I'm pretty familiar with in the RM of Morris. Um, Eli, St. Eustache, uh, Niverville, and then LaSalle. I've had some connections in all four. And I think the best thing about all those communities are that they're super dependent on... Um, like local entrepreneurship there's a lot of small business and the community is so close and i love that that's something i feel like i've always missed in the city was the closeness of communities and i realized that coming to cmu when everyone's from these small towns that like the community is nothing i've ever experienced and potentially nothing i ever will experience and that makes me sad so i think this is my extension of getting that community small town experience huh Okay, so we're going to throw out our own elephant in the room to yeah. you now, Julia Sizzler. You are 22 years old. Yes. Uh, and we brushed on this briefly about how like we're fielding a bunch of young candidates yeah. in liberal seats. What does, what do you feel being a young person running for MLA? Does this bring an advantage to you? Is, do you feel it might be a deterrent as you run? I think it's a huge advantage to me, actually, because I think we're realizing more and more with every election that diversity is a great thing and when you have people with completely new new perspectives you you just get such a deeper and richer experience and conversation and i think we focus a lot on like gender parity which we saw in the cabinet with justin sure. trudeau we see a lot of um religious and um a lot of religious minorities and a lot of different races in all of in all of these elections, which is awesome. And I'm super gung-ho about that.
but we don't see a lot of necessarily um, diversity in age. We in the present legislature, most of the MLAs are over forty, and they're the ones making decisions about our university education and our student loans and stuff. And they're the people who haven't been to school in however many years. So I think it's a huge advantage just to have that new super young voice within the ledge. Hmm. A lot of young people are pretty jaded about uh, and cynical about politics in general. What is it that yeah. you see in uh, in the political process that we have here in Canada that you find that you still feel hopeful about? I think what made me so hopeful in the system was getting to know a lot of the politicians one on one and realizing that they do want the best for us. And I think when even if you are cynical about the system, when you work with the system, it's kind of the best way to create change. So you get in the system and you can be part of that change. Whereas sitting at home being cynical about the process isn't really going to get you anywhere. There is that. So you have to like be a part of the system to enact it. Yeah, it's, it's the same kind absolutely. of... Absolutely. It's the same reaction that you get to like when we hear about proportional representation now right. to bring that about. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm very much in favor of. Cool. That's an interesting... It's an interesting hip perspective on, uh, it's a hip perspective on <laughs> politics that this, this little young whippersnapper is bringing to the R.M.A. Morris there. I don't actually usually do voices on this show. I should do that more often. Yeah, you're really <laughs> Okay, so uh, the other thing, the other uh, perhaps disadvantage to going into this campaign, it, as, as we mentioned, it is a conservative stronghold mm-hmm. there. And not only that, but... I would posit that liberal politics in the region are not the most popular thing in the world. One needs to look no further than uh, the MP of Portage Lisgar, which is where most of the RM of Morris lies, yeah. and that being uh, Candace Bergen, and she is quite vocally anti-Trudeau. Um, what do you think that liberal politics can bring to this particular municipality? I think that liberal politics represents a greater range of people. Um, I think the conservatives do a good job of representing upper middle class white families, which is um, a lot of voters, but who they're not representing is the younger people. And the fact of the matter is that a lot of these communities aren't retaining their young people. The, Hmm. The young people aren't staying and investing in their communities. And you're not going to have sustainable communities when young people aren't interested in staying and working within their own towns. So I think what liberal liberal politics brings is a fresh perspective that could potentially just give people new hope for small towns. There's a real stigma about small towns. I mean, we saw in on in the paper what was it two years ago when morris was being blasted for the racism and homophobia it's stuff like that and it's Mm -hmm. just these like old school ways of thinking and i think we need like just to to, i don't know shake up the system to clarify we're talking about uh there was a restaurant in morris that was being uh that had a was it a jamaican owner i believe a jamaican owner first who yes who was yeah and then a gay couple bought the restaurant right. from her and had the same experience. Right. They were they were harassed and eventually had to close up shop and yeah. move to town. And people would rather just leave than invest in the community. And we, I don't think that's the right way to go about it. No, uh, absolutely not. So uh, what, were, what are your 
uh, key issues going to be? Let's pick these apart one by one. You mentioned uh, student issues before and yeah. student loans. So what, what sort of uh, ideas do you have surrounding that? Um, so one of our policies is uh, turning student loans into grants. And so that'll just prepare students a lot better to um, just be able to get into the workforce and not be burdened with tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars well, what am I saying? Well, how, however many um, lots of, of dollars yes. of debt is what I want to say. Um, so that's probably the biggest one for me. As a student, I as imagine. a student, yeah. obviously, that's not the biggest issue concerning Southern Manitoba. I don't want to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing would be um, first time home buyer rebates. Mm. So for first-time homeowners, which we all will be in the next, whatever, decade, hopefully. Never Daniel will never own a home. I will never be rich enough. I <laughs> wish to own a home, and quite frankly, it is out of reach at this point for us young people. And so, yeah, the first-time homeowners grant is awesome. Um, sorry, I'm put on the spot here. <laughs> Take your time. Think away. How about on issues of uh, the economy, Julia? Are there any economic issues? Economic issues. The, uh, the dollar the, is failing. That is quite evident. I think the beauty of small towns is that you can get a lot of stuff local. I mean, even within our CMU community, we have um, CSA. My like one of my friends runs a CSA right out of Niverville, which is community. natural collective. Natural collective CSA. Little, little plug for them. Plug for Nick Rample. Um, which is locally grown produce right in Neverville. So when we're supporting our local economy, then we're putting our money back into um, all the towns where we're living. And I think that's kind of the best way to avoid all of the... If people are familiar with the, with the liberal platform from the federal election, are, what, are, what are the big differences, if any, for on a provincial level? I mean, the biggest difference is just that the federal government has different, um, they just have different powers. So things like marijuana legalization, provincial parties don't really control that. Do you get but lots they of, have do to get sign lots off, of, don't they? They will be in charge of um, working out how it's going to be uh, bought and sold, but they don't have a, they can't say, no, we're not legalizing. I see. Yeah, uh, and then but then there's things like we want to um, privatize liquor sales, and that can't be decided by the federal party. So there are these kind of nuanced th like issues, but I would say the major themes of the parties are pretty similar. Okay. Yeah. Um, what sort of interaction, if any, have you had with any voters in the region? Have, like, I mean, have you, first of all, have you officially announced them? No, it doesn't look as though you have, have you? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. Is there a, but probably an it, It'll, whenever, I don't know, it'll come soon. It's an exclusive right here we got. Hey! Scoop. <laughs> Your hot breaking news right here on Wittenberg Radio. Um, okay, so are you, ha have you had any interaction then with potential voters in the region? Have you told anybody else? I have, just because... That my, I would say most of my community right now is in Niverville, most of my close friends. And they're all really excited, honestly. I think it's just they're more impressed that I decided to run at 22. Um, there's a lot of optimism, but obviously we have to stay realistic. And 
Hmm. Historically, I mean, I don't think it speaks for itself. I don't think there's been a true, I'm looking at the stats, I don't think there's been a true, like, gung-ho liberal since 1896 I saw. Just yesterday. Yeah. That's, yeah, you know. Yeah, just, a full, just yesterday, 120 years ago. Yeah. So I think people appreciate my, I guess, optimism and willingness to participate in the system. Will we get any uh, debates out of you, Julia Sizzler, with the incumbent Shannon Martin? We will have to see. Yeah. I'm excited to see that. That'll be really, really funny. Uh, okay. Uh, maybe one of the last questions to you, Ms. Sizzler, would be uh, if there's a politician that you wish to emulate uh, in their style, who would it be and why? Jim Carr excluded. Jim Carr excluded. Okay. There is this wicked MP in from Quebec named Ruth Ellen Brousseau. Yes. Are we familiar? I'm very familiar. But for I'm those, not. But for those who are not, please fill us in. She is became a single mom at 19 and then became a bartender after that didn't uh didn't complete any post-secondary education and then yeah basically was a career bartender and then mid-20s she basically got put on the ballot by the ndp not as a serious candidate but just to fill the ballots and she ended up winning and this was in 2012 2012 yes thank you daniel uh, yeah, and she ended up winning in 2012, and then she just got reelected in 2015. And she's just been this hugely influential and successful MP, and I think that's just because she is a regular person oh, wow. who hasn't been jaded by the political sure. system yet. And yeah, I am obsessed with her. Her story is brilliant. Gotta go look her up. Real last question to you that just came to my mind uh, just now as I was thinking about it. Uh, what are your predictions for the outcome of this provincial election i know obviously you would say that the liberals have a really good chance and i think that they honestly do um but there are some ridings that are potentially being challenged i only to like only yesterday wab canoe uh announced his i know but it's wednesday now oh yes it is wednesday (laughs) 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 so yesterday wab canoe announced uh wab canoe the uh well-known uh, indigenous issues activist, writer, professor uh, announced his candidacy uh, to be MLA in the Fort Rouge riding against the Liberal Party leader Yes, as well. Uh, so there's a lot of intense action. Where, do, where, how, What do you think the Liberals' chances are? What are the goals of the Liberal Party in this election? I mean, our goal is to take power is to win obviously yes to win as many writings as, as is can. the point of any election <laughs> um wab canoe is awesome i am one of his biggest fans i have read his book and everything i love him very dearly but at the end of the day he is working for his leader and i think i mean his track his leader's track record speaks for itself i don't really need to touch on that at all because yeah he's he he jumped on a sinking ship that's what i'll say Hmm. Um, so it's not for me it's not so much about him personally it's about the party and it's a party that I've absolutely no faith in anymore Um, but yeah I think we've got a lot of strong candidates we have a lot of uh, rookie politicians and I think that's kind of nice because they don't know the system yet and they are still just new and authentic to the game if you will, it's sure. Not a game, but you know. Well, we look forward. It's kind of a game. Sure, we look forward to uh, the results. Good luck in the election, ma'am. Thank you very much. 
And uh, yeah, that we were speaking with Julia Sizzler, CMU communications and media student in her final year here. She is running to be the MLA for the RM of Morse. The provincial election date is set for April the 19th. So get out there and vote as well. Thanks for coming. You are very welcome. Thanks for having me. Good. It's my dream to be on a podcast. Especially this one. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us today, Julia. That was uh, that was a really cool uh, that was a really cool chat, and it's interesting to see how people are becoming involved in politics from CMU. Like we mentioned off the top of the show, just how many uh, CMU connections there are to this upcoming provincial election. Yeah, really it's, shows that uh, you know you as a, a young or we as young people rather can uh, can really make a difference and get involved right away. All it takes a little you know drive and commitment, and uh, you can make a difference. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, let's get to some current events here that's happening at the school. In this coming week, Witness Through Service is hosting a bake sale with uh, donations going to Childhood Cancer Canada. This is taking place February 11th and 12th in the Student Centre over the lunch hour. If you would like to donate baking to this awesome cause, please email adinalil at hotmail.com. That's being put on by the Witness Through Service Committee. Scientist in Residence continues this week. Uh, have you got, have you seen any of Dr. Ensign action? Yes, I, I was at the uh, the chapel on on Tuesday, uh, talking about uh, land as gift. He had some interesting uh, interesting things to say, some interesting <laughs> examples. And he's you know someone who's uh, hasn't just been reading books in an office. He's actually been uh, out and about in the land talking with people. So he's got some sure. cool firsthand stories to share. And uh, yeah, interesting guy to hear speak. Cool. We hope to be able to chat with Dr. Entz on the show next week. This is to be confirmed, but we hope to uh, get his insight as well. Uh, what else are we talking about here? Oh, on Thursday night, Daniel, they're hosting a gender fishbowl event in the conference room. Uh, that's on, Yeah, it's on Thursday night, and uh, I will be there helping to moderate that conversation. So those, con- those, those types of events are always quite interesting in terms of, uh, in terms of the content that they bring up, especially, uh, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if uh, this Gomeshi thing will play into uh, a conversation at Gender Fish Bowl. Is it a Gender Fish Bowl or a discussion of gender issues? Because gender those are different f- things. Gender. Right? It's Gender Fish Pool. Okay. I'm, yeah. Now you've got me second guessing myself. Oh, I don't doubt it. <laughs> the, for for me, the word Gender Fish Bowl has a very specific oh. connotation of okay. like uh, sitting around in high school and you're basically asking uh, sneaky questions to try to figure out if the person that you like likes you. Oh, but this might be something different. Yes, and more important. Gender, it could be. It you very, think someone likes. We you, can make it into something more sense. important than that. Yes, please do be upfront. I don't want to moderate those kind of questions. So that's all happening Thursday night, um, in the conference room here at CMU. Uh, also, we got to talk about some sports, Daniel. Don't you know? Sports, we sports, had lots. Remember, remember all those games that we tried to go through last week, and then you know we just couldn't because there's so many. We've got all kinds of results from this past weekend men's basketball and women's basketball took both took losses at the hands of uh dakota college at botno this weekend uh they also were in action against the providence university college pilots and the women's and men's teams both came up with victories there so right on way to end the weekend on a high note men's and women's volleyball also in action and that was on uh i think friday night here at yeah friday night women's and men's volleyball teams both took 3-1 set wins over red river college upcoming events are going to be uh the men's and women's volleyball teams traveling to Prov this weekend so good luck on that front and i think that that is all 
What do you One got? One more plug. Oh, what do you got? Non-sports related plug. I know Nolan wouldn't plug this himself because he's far too humble, but uh, he is embarking on a crazy journey to listen to all the albums from oh, the Rolling dear. Stone Top 500 Best Albums of All Time, along with a, a crew of crazy characters are blogging about it at uh, road2rs500.wordpress.com. Uh, I'm one of the contributors as well. Uh, the latest uh, album was uh, MGMT's, uh, I'm going to read this so I oh, pronounce dear. it correctly, Orac- Oracular Spectacular. Sure was. Uh, and uh, some other contributors uh, who are be, uh, people might be familiar with are Jess Dolomont, Dominique Lemoy, um, Anna Biglin Pritchard. Um, who else? Peter Epp. Peter Epp. In the Grad Studies program there is a, a, a noteworthy contributor. Um, let's see. Who else we got? There's a, there's a bunch of people. There's like a good 13, 14 people. Mike Weep. And not, yes, Mike Weep, admissions counselor, uh, past guest on this show. A whole slew of Just a regular a, rogues gallery of a uh, regular rogues gallery of uh, of fine uh, music critiques, and uh, it's a cool project to uh, even if you don't listen to the albums, just to hear people's different takes on these uh, <laughs> on these classic albums. Or it's a great way to discover um, some new music if you're looking for that. In Absolutely. Your life. So uh, I'd recommend you check that out. There you go. Road2rs500.wordpress.com is the name of that site. So. With that, I think we will sign off. As always, uh, email us your comments, questions, concerns, wittenbergradio at gmail.com, past episodes at wittenbergradio.com as well, and you can subscribe on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice. Tweet at us at wittenbergradio. On Facebook, we are Wittenberg Radio. My name is Nolan Kaler. And I'm Daniel Friesen. And we'll see you next week. See ya. Boom. Wittenberg Radio is a production of CMU Student Council. The views and opinions expressed by hosts and guests are not necessarily those of CMU Student Council.